Good afternoon. Welcome back to Setting the Record Straight. It's me, Brenda K. Sanders. I'm back to talk to you today. You know, I was talking about yesterday what you should know about Rashida Tlaib. Uh, she is running for re-election in the 13th Congressional District of Michigan. And I also want to talk about what you should know about Congress and congressional representatives like Rashida Tlaib. It's important to know when you're voting for someone, whether they're going to fulfill all of their duties, all of their responsibilities when they are elected. And I'm offering to you that Ms. Tlaib has not done that. She has not uh, I'm, she's fully aware of the military problem over Detroit. And she has fulfill, uh, failed to fulfill her duty as a congressperson to even initiate hearings to find out what's going on with the military. Why are you wildly attacking civilians? And it's in the open. Why are you wildly and irresponsibly attacking women? And it's in the open. Certainly, uh, Congress has the power pursuant to Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution to declare war. But not on civilians. At least it's not written in the Constitution that they say they honor, support, and um, offer as true and valid here in the United States. So they have the power to declare war. But do they have the power to declare war on civilians? And I'm saying to you that they don't. They don't. It's simply against the Constitution. It's against their responsibility to do such a thing under the uh, pursuant to the Constitution. 
Both the president and Congress have civilian control over the military. And so the pictures and videos that you see uh, that I offer to you on my websites, and by the way, you can go to my website at social media site at Instagram.com, Brenda K. Sanders for Congress. And there are some on my Facebook page, Brenda K. Sanders. Uh, and uh, let me give you that address. It's facebook.com slash Brenda K. Sanders. Three as my Facebook page. And you can see my Instagram page at Brenda K. Sanders for Congress. These videos and photos that I offer to you are my actual photos and my actual videos. These are photos and videos that I took with my own camera and saw with my own eyes. And so while the debate is over about whether it took place, but the debate should be why is a member of Congress and several, why do and have they been apprised of these events and done nothing when they have the legal authority, constitutional authority to do something about it? Why haven't they done something about it. So when I talk about Congress, when I focus my attention on Rashida Tlaib and other congressional representatives, I'm focused for a reason. I'm, I'm focused for a reason. And you know why? You've not done your job. There are problems with the military, with military weaponry uh, being used to harass and control civilians in the United States. I am certainly an example of it. I've given you every example. I've offered my testimony. So why hasn't Congress or the members of Congress, because I've approached more than one. I've approached Lindsey Graham uh, in South Carolina, um, Joe Wilson in South Carolina, Rashida Tlaib. I know she knows about it as I am a an opponent of hers. And other Senate people that know about my ordeal and yet do nothing. I have approached so many media agencies and outlets about my ordeal, and yet it is ignored, it is rejected. And so, I, I, you know, I don't think it's just me. I think it's a plan to suppress and oppress the black female population in the future. And this is just the tip of what's going going to happen. You know, recently I had a vision, I, and I mixed these broadcasts, but this is true, this political vision. I had a vision about Atlanta. I saw this fabric that looked really nice and, and clean, no specks in it, nothing, no blots, nothing. But the tip at one end of the fabric on the left side was bent. It was bent. And when this tip bent, I saw a blanket of darkness under this light-complected, almost white, but beige-looking fabric. And so it suggests to me that there may be a plan 
there may be a plan, maybe a five-year plan, to suppress, oppress uh, black females. And you ask, why would such a thing be? Well, with the advent and, and acceleration of the gay movement, you know, men are pursuing men. And if there's a woman in the way, that would be a problem. And, and it would be illegal, it's still illegal to, to, to harass and um, harm this woman if there's a woman in the way, some kind of way. But I think there's a five-year plan to legally dispel with women especially black women are targeted first, Latino women secondly. I mean, when you look at the COVID-19 outbreak, even if you want to accept this this notion that it is a virus and that it is, you know, comes from somewhere, it is it, it is going to eliminate a lot of the black population. And I don't think there's any data scientifically anywhere that would suggest that we are a weaker race. But somehow everything always targets us, including the, you know, I I think if you look at the statistics and I don't even know, I'm talking off the top of my head right now, uh, but, you know, for smoking. Does, you know, you put two people in a room, one white, one black, and they both smoke. What well, statistically, who is more vulnerable to get cancer? Who is more vulnerable to um, or susceptible to illness? And so we have to address all of this. When we deal with everything, is somehow more vulnerable to black people uh, in America? Uh, black people are more vulnerable to. I, I don't get it. I mean, genetically, I don't believe that has ever been proven. That somehow that suggests that we are weaker, more vulnerable uh, race of people. But anyway, I, I've gotten off. Have I gotten off? Or I have really gotten away from what I was talking about. I'm talking about Rashida Tlaib. She's your elected representative for the 13th Congressional District. I mean, she hasn't done her job because we have military planes flying around and making X's and dispensing chemicals and essentially declaring war on civilian people. Now, for a while, I thought that somehow I was targeted by, you know, and then I learned I was not the only one. So, and then someone on my Facebook page, a, a person on my Facebook page associated with me from the courthouse posted that he, that planes were flying over his uh, residence. I believe it was over his residence. He did not make it plain where it was. It's embarrassing. Somehow you're the one being targeted, but you're embarrassed by it, you know. So at first, you know, it's a little shocking. It's a little disconcerting what's happening and you and you know that's what happened to me and, and when all of this started I was a judge I was so embarrassed by it and then you know look about it and then there was this thing oh you're mentally ill well I have the actual proof so um if you want to say I have mental illness the fact is 
these people have mental illness. Now, either they're rogue military uh, people or these people are authorized. And I submit to you, they're authorized um, and uh, empowered to attack people. How they come to attack people, I don't know. But I would say this one thing, leadership is attacked if it is in fact leadership that does help the general populace of general population and um, a lot of this is spiritual that I talk about because I, I have heard it spiritually that the Kennedys are a threat to this nation because they're 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 even-handed people they're fair people and I believe that's been borne out by all of the deaths. Yeah, deaths, you know, by shooting, by airplane crash, by all, drowning, all kinds of deaths in the Kennedy family. And I have heard this supernaturally that the Kennedys are a threat to our nation. They're considered a threat. I've also heard supernaturally, and I'm saying this, that I, I've heard, you know, supernaturally that... that myself being called a Kennedy. Well, all I've ever tried to do is help people. So I used my power to help others, to empower others. Maybe that's a threat. But somehow became the threat of this military. Uh, Barack Obama actually announced in, I believe it was uh, September 2015. You can check it. He appointed a gay person, openly gay male, over the military. And that's like a a long, uh, uh, um, coinciding with when I lost my vehicle, all kinds of massively destructive things happening. And when these planes are uh, making X's over my house, I I think the articles actually coincided with some of the photos that I have up on social media of uh, X's being made over my house house. And that's overt. That's overt action. It's not, though, constitutionally permissible because, yeah, you have power of the, 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 the military. It gives you power to declare war. It does not say, and I don't think there's any interpretation by any court, any judge, anywhere that says you have the power to declare war on your own civilian population. And so Congress as well, I'm not talking about presidential, I'm talking about a congressional representatives and a congressional representative in particular. And this time I'm focused on Rashida Tlaib that has power over the military to, to conduct hearings. I mean, we can see how swiftly Congress acts over when they have a concern about something. I mean, the mail system and who's going to get elected and uh, how is the mail going to facilitate the election of a certain person, Democratic or Republican? They jumped to it. They got those hearings going and they subpoenaed the president's uh, people that are over and governing and, and, and administrating over these agencies and finding out what's going on. Well, why haven't they done the same with the military? You've seen the pictures. You've seen the photos and the images that I've presented to you. So my thing is, let's get somebody in Congress, someone like myself, who's going to challenge 
a military authority in this country going to challenge why it's silent, why it's not addressed, why it is not reported by the media? Why is it silently going on and no one's saying anything? And the next thing I see is COVID-19 coming up. Okay, I, I was wearing a mask last summer trying to avoid these chemical attacks. And now everybody's wearing a mask. So you see what I'm saying? You know, if there is no protest, if there is no opposition, objection, these things will proliferate these evil activities. I just offered you what happened in South Africa. I mean, they started talking, attacking the leadership, not the general population. They started attacking the, 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 the regime there, started attacking the leadership, the black South African leadership before. That's how they got Nelson Mandela, who was a lawyer. I mean, they attacked him first. They weren't going after the population. A, a little bit they were. But if you should, uh, demonstrated any abil- uh, desire to protest, or they they would they would attempt to suppress your voice. But certainly, the most vicious and planned, accelerated attacks came on the leadership first, and that's what I'm offering to you. That you know, you're saying, "Well, it's not happening to me. I don't know if I have a concern. It's not happening to me. I think it's just isolated." That's something you're not to think. We already see this blanket attack on the church, on worship and and assembling ourselves together. But we must stand up. And that's what I'm doing in my, I did it last year. I'm sorry, the year before last in 2018. In, uh, In my attempt to get into a congressional mode who makes laws well at that time the planes were following me everywhere I go I certainly had a reason but we have to have a concerted effort to overturn to overthrow what's trying to overthrow us Congress you've not heard any member of Congress address my situation even though several know uh, what they've tried to do is, you know, kind of uh, act like they know and that they want to do something, but not really. The planes are still operating. The chemicals are still being dispensed. The X's are still being drawn. I, I have uh, wearied of even uh, photographing them unless it's, you know, extreme. And so... Then I I believe the attacks will continue. Like now the schools are closed. The churches are closed. And there's some things coming up. I said prophetically, I'm mixing this up a little bit, that we're not going to see everything yet. But there's some more things coming up in, in order to maintain and keep control. I mean, they're doing it a different way. Um, in South Africa, they use the violence and the discrimination, just like Hitler did. This time, it's a little bit more civil. It's the virus, the coronavirus. We must be more inquisitive about what is the coronavirus. And I've had one encounter with it. I believe there was coronavirus. And I was coming out of a Riley's Auto Parts store 
two weeks ago. It was severe. It was a severe encounter. It made me feel very ill and very, very sick. It was a brief encounter, but it lasted several hours. Um, But going back to why do we need a congressional uh, representative going to do their job? I'm reading from them. I'm reading from a Facebook. No, this is a Google, a Google post. It says the powers of Congress include. Um, I found this on the web. The powers of Congress include. Oh, I lost it just now. I'm coming back up with it. Uh, include the power to lay and collect taxes for the common defense, the sole power to declare war, the ability to raise and support armies, and the authority to establish rules and regulations for the army, navy, and militias when in service of the United States. Do you understand? It says here that Congress has the sole power to declare war. To declare war. And um, that we must. And I know it wasn't a problem. We, we're talking about these police shootings and, 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 you know, I don't like these police shootings during election year because I think it's all to say Black Lives Matter. But then you have people that are suffering oppression, uh, over oppression everywhere by government forces such as this military. And it's all to say Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But under this fabric, see, some more stuff going on. Um, and so what I, I have, the, the, the bone I have to pick with Rashida Tlaib is this, you are congressional representative. You have seen what is going on with the military and these efforts, chemical attacks and so forth. And you have not raised the issue. Now you have raised a lot of issues. You kicked up a lot of dust. But it wasn't about the communities being attacked by our own military. She certainly has the power, but she has not done her job. And I think we need to catch this before it just spreads and spreads and and into complete military control of our nation. Right now it's covert. The media is not reporting on it. Uh, high-level, high-visible individuals are not saying anything about it. But it is a an effort that's this plain to see uh, hiding in plain sight right now for uh, our vulnerability to these military forces. And Congress can do something about it. Um, so, it is something that we have to deal with. And civilian control of the military is what we are, supposedly. It says the point of civilian control is to make security subordinate to the larger purposes of a nation rather than the other way around. The purpose of the military is to defend society, not to define it. There's no defense in attacking and spreading chemicals. Uh, against the civilians that live here in the United States like me. So we have to deal with congressionally why they haven't called for hearings, why they haven't delved into 
why planes are flying pe- over people's houses, particularly mine, and why uh, there are chemicals of suffocation being issued uh, and released into our environment. This is all has to be answered, and I'm saying that if I'm elected to Congress, I will immediately call for these issues to be addressed immediately because I don't believe I'm the only person. I believe there are many and that's what this social distancing is so distant is is so dangerous because social distancing means you're not going to be talking to each other. You're all going to be isolated in your own homes where I find my own home to be very dangerous right now. Um, And so it's going to create a separation and a division that's going to weaken power. It's going to weaken the assembly of anything, even if you're if their groups or crowds protesting. It's more powerful than a single individual. Even the Christians that are being uh, forbidden to worship together in an assembly are separated at this point in time in our nation. And I think that's so dangerous. We have scriptural support. This is the forsaken, not the assembly of ourselves together. So when I have a problem with Rashida Tlaib is it's, you know, I have a lot of problems, but this is one problem, main problem that I have. And that is she's standing silent when all of these uh, things are taking place and she has the power and authority to at least delve or inquire as to why they're happening, whether it goes forward or not. Because I know she has uh, congressional representatives that are senior in authority to her, and maybe they have the final word. Maybe they have a word to say about it. But certainly raising the issue is what I find to be important. And the issue has been ignored. That is what is dangerous about her candidacy for Congress. And that is what is dangerous about her being reelected in November 2020. And so um, I wanted to go to the I wanted to go to the actual House Committee report that was issued. Now this is while uh, while uh, Rashida Tlaib was being investigated, it says Tlaib, a Michigan Democrat, faces allegations that she used campaign funds for personal use and the Office of Congressional Ethics has so far found substantial reason to believe the allegations are true. According to the OCE report, the office found that there is a substantial reason to believe that Representative Tlaib converted campaign funds from Rashida Tlaib for Congress to personal use or Representative Tlaib's campaign committed expended funds that were not attributable to bona fide campaign or political purposes. Now, this is the uh, basis of the initial investigation. How did they know someone brought it to their attention? And... um I'm looking for the, it looks like uh, the Committee on Ethics for Congress uh, uh, into what actually was found. 
Uh, and this says a statement of the chairman and ranking member of the Committee on Ethics regarding Representative Rashida Tlaib. Uh, and I see some appendix, an appendix A, B, and C. I've just uh, pressed B. Let me see what comes up. Uh, I'm looking at the appendix B. But what I want to do is, you know, I'm not here to smash anybody, but I have a legitimate grievance, a legitimate problem with our congressional leaders not dealing with this military problem. And this matter, and I'm reading from this report, it's an OC review number 19-4114. Uh, it's about two payroll checks Representative Tlaib received. Was she uh, a member under a Federal Election Commission rule that allows incumbent candidates to receive salaries from their campaigns to replace lost income while running for office. And um, they claim she's a single mother with limited means uh, and that um, she had to, uh, soon after Representative Tlaib was sworn into Congress, OCN begun as an investigation into whether FEC rules permitted the campaign's two final payments to Representative Tlaib, which were issued in November and December to make up for amounts unpaid before the date of the election. The investigation was unprecedented. The public record shows no other referral by oaths of conduct occurring entirely before the subject was even a member. The con Congresswoman cooperated cooperated with OCE's request for information, but raised jurisdictional and prudential concerns, which OCE refused to address. Um, this is something that took place. And what she did was paid herself from these campaign funds and, and that almost $11,000 in a two-month period. That is, it's an offense. Uh, and so uh, that is what was done initially. Now, I know, I know about it. I know about suffering after you won a campaign and not having any money, because I did the same thing when I was a judge and got elected. I think I got elected at the beginning of November from that time until the end of December, which is when I started getting paid. I was grateful when I looked up and saw a uh, paycheck in my account at the end of December. I think it was before the new year, thankfully. Uh, but I understand the toughness of that two-month period. and uh, But here we're talking about a high, higher standard. We're talking about a federal elected member of Congress uh, right now at this time. And so we have to deal with these things. I, I have an issue with her about that, but more importantly about this issue with the military. Are you able, are you have you fulfilled your duty to address this out-of-control military? So I have to, maybe even if I delve more, there are going to be more concerns that I may have about Rashida Tlaib. But the bottom line is what I want to say is that I am the person for the job. I have a, a genuine concern. It is a concern for all people. 
I'm not the only one that may have these concerns as coming out now. Other people are being victimized by these same activities. And Congress primarily has responsibility for the military. And uh, this is what she's taken all to do. Protect your constituency in a 13th congressional district. And it's simply not happening. I have to ask the other person that I know uh, displayed their pictures on Facebook if they're in the 13th congressional district. But no matter what district they're in, there's still a congressional responsibility to deal with these illicit activities. There's still and a, a duty that's not being fulfilled. So that is another problem that I have with Rashida Tlaib. And I believe as before November, there are going to be more uh, revelations about um, what I believe is her inadequate representation of her constituency. And all which would foster my campaign. Uh, an election for Congress as, as a writing candidate. You want somebody who has a track record of, 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 of responding and acting out their role to help and to uh, respond to problems and doing their best to provide remedies. That is what it's for. That is the purpose of a congressional person. And to enact laws they will provide whatever resources that are necessary to deal with the problem. In this instance, I believe it's a disciplinary problem, just like we have with the post office. It's a disciplinary problem. And then, um, I mean, you want to defund somebody. That's another issue I have with uh, her. But if you want to defund somebody, defund this military that's wasting all of these taxpayer dollars attacking their own, uh, our own civilians. Now that's an issue to defund. We want to bring up an issue to defund. It is the military, in my opinion. I've said over and over again about the police. Every time we have these police incidents, I say this: Let's bring the police uh, into co- accountability. We we need the police. We need them. We need to be able to call nine one one and get the police when we need them. If it's nothing but an accident, you know, car accident, you need the police. And if you defund the police, I think it's going to defund commitment. It's going to defund efforts by the police to police. That's what I believe. So what we need from a congressional representative is to be responsible to the concerns of the people, not to be concerned uh, with something, uh, issues overseas, primarily. Our primary responsibility, even though that's part of it, my primary responsibility is to be concerned about the immediate constituency which we're charged with uh, representing or which they are charged with representing. And so I'm submitting that she has not done her job. She's been found to lack integrity already in first term. And that she should not be reelected as a, as a, a member of Congress. And so, uh, you know, you may disagree, you may have uh, issues about it, but in any, in any event, that is what I'm representing to you as an opposition candidate 
to her candidacy, 2020, November. You can email me at uh, settingtherecordstraightoutlook.com if you have a, a um, responsive comment, um, whatever kind of comment or question you may have, email me and let me know about this. And uh, let me know what you think. And so I thank you. I presented my case. Now, I presented my case like I do. And so it's up to you to judge. I mean, you're going to have the responsibility on November 3rd. But having all of the information, like informed consent, you know how it is when you go to the doctor. I used to be a medical malpractice law clerk, you know, big medical malpractice firm. You know, doctors have to give you consent, informed consent, before you you say, okay, I want to go through with that operation. Okay, what are the side effects or what am I going to deal with after the operation? Okay, well, it might be that you might not be able to see for a minute. You're going to see blurry and then it clears up. And uh, maybe you're going to have this pain or that pain for a minute and then it's going to clear up. We have to have informed consent. We must have informed consent when we're voting. If you're going to vote for a person, you must have their consent, the informed consent. That means you know all the facts, know all of the information you need to have before you vote. That's the problem. And let me tell you, this information came out after the primary election, which, which may have bolstered bolstered her, her vote count instead of releasing it before. But now it's before the November election, and so it's in time still for you to make an informed choice or to give your informed consent by voting on November 3rd, 2020. Hopefully, with all the problems that's been that existed way before the problems that we have now, uh, you know, with the vote counting and ballots missing and absentee ballots, you will make it to the polls and cast your vote in person. You know, when I go to the polls, even though I vote early, thank goodness for early voting. I mean, if you're not familiar with the early voting, every time I've early, early voted, it's been almost no one in the precinct. That's true. Almost no one in, in Detroit is at Wayne County Community College. No one in or the clerk's office. No one. No one at all. Even when I voted here in South Carolina or early voted, no one in the the, the precinct or facility or election office. And so I think that as the voting public, we should take advantage of early voting so that we won't have to stand in line on Election Day. I've been at I'm always at the polls on Election Day. I mean, there are lines in November. Unbelievable lines. I've worked the polls for other candidates as well. There are lines. So if you're going to wait till November, here's November. And November 3rd, then pack your lunch. Uh, wear warm clothing because in Detroit, it's usually cold on Election Day. Uh, and I've, let's see, the year I was elected in 2008, it was warm on Election Day. It was, I remember having no coat on. It was a warm, pretty sunny day. And uh, and so but I've worked for so many elections uh, I worked the polls and also campaign where it was cold on Election Day. 
So hopefully you will come out to the polls on election day. You will, mother phone is having not- notifications. You will prepare just like you do on a camping trip or just like you do when you're going on a trip. Prepare for the long haul. You know, when you get to the airport, it's weights and it's lines and prepare with that mindset to get to the polls and cast your vote. Well, thank you for tuning in to Setting the Record Straight once again. And thank you for listening. I will talk to you next time. Have a great great day.
against 